Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I guess first I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful mamas out there. I realize that um, Mother's Day can be a day with a whole lot of emotion. Um, and it's different kinds of emotions for different kinds of people. Some it's happy, and some it's sad. Um, but I want you to know, however you're feeling, it doesn't matter, that God is here with you today. He's with you every day, and any day that we're alive is a good day. You know, if we have breath in our lungs, and we're alive and we're well, then it's a good day. It's a good day. Um, I want to first say that I want to honor and a privilege it is to stand here. I'm really unworthy of this, and I am very, very, very nervous. Um, this is not my cup of tea. Um, for uh, the type of personality I have, um, this is not something that I would normally do. But God had other plans, and our plans aren't always His. And when we speak, we when He speaks, we gotta listen, and we gotta obey. I want to first give honor to my pastor and my pastor's wife. They're not here; they're on their way home. They've been doing God's work. I want to thank them for believing in me and encouraging me and loving me. They're not only my pastor, but they're my family and my very best friends in the whole wide world. Um, they're always there when I need them. Um, I'm thankful for the truth that they speak in my life. Not only do they speak in my life, but they speak in yours and they live truth. And I love them with everything that's within me. I want to honor Bishop and Sister McGee. Without them, literally, I would not be here. <laughs> I get the distinct privilege of calling them mom and daddy. They've given me this beautiful apostolic heritage. They've prepared me for life. They've became, helped me become the person that I am. Um, they have lived their lives as an example for all of us to follow. Um, there isn't anybody like them. And I'm thankful that they chose that God chose them to be my parents. I love them deeply, and I'm thankful that they're still here with me because I know there's so many people that they don't have their parents anymore. I'm thankful my parents are here. I want to thank my son, and I want to honor him. That wonderful video up there, all you mamas, that we got to see that our kids said about us, he put that beautiful thing together for us. It takes lots of time to do those things. I'm thankful for the techie side he has that he can help us when I have my slide later. He did it for me. I just told him what I was looking for and he put it all together. I didn't have to, I didn't have to do anything. It's awesome. <laughs> I want to thank him for, for doing those things for me. And I want to thank him for the many hats that he wears here in the church. Um, he does a lot. He holds he does a whole lot of things in the church, outside the church. He's just a busy guy. 
And I don't ever want to forget how thankful I am for all that he does and for who he is. And I'm just thankful that God saw fit to let me be his mama because uh, he's my miracle that God gave to me. And uh, I'm thankful for him. And last but not least, I want to uh, honor my husband. He's a truly amazing man of God in the church, outside of the church, in the workplace, wherever you go. He's the same person. What you see is what you get. Um, he's a man that definitely wears many hats. And wow, does he do, do it well. I don't know how he does it all. But I'm thankful for the almost 25 years of marriage that we get to celebrate later this year. He's my very best friend. He helps me and he pushes me to be a better person. And I'm extremely grateful for him daily. He's truly my gift from heaven. And I love him with all my heart. So anyway, here we are. Today I want to share with you what God's laid on my heart in February of this year. I was praying one day and I have this habit in it was cold weather then, so I was praying I'm walking the house. So I go from the front of my house to the back of the house. If, if there is a path, there's probably one there in my house. Anyway, I'm praying, and, and uh, God says to me, he says, prepare. I'm thinking, okay, okay, God, whatever, you know, prepare. But as I prayed a little more, he began to deal with me some more. And he started giving me scriptures. I had no intentions of ever standing right here talking to all of you. I've done ladies' meeting. That's different. <laughs> um, that's enough for me, but I had no intentions of standing here. I told my husband about it when he got home that day, what God had told me, and, and that uh, I was just going to pray about it. And uh, when we had our monthly meeting, Brother McGee and Sister McGee Jr. and Brother Mason and I have a meeting every month for everything that's going to go on in the church for the next month. And in the month of April, we had a meeting, and uh, pastor and them was talking about Mother's Day because they was going to be gone, and they didn't really know what they was going to do. And they looked at me, and they said, unless you want to do Mother's Day. And my husband gave me this smirky grin, and I said, yes, Lord. So I told him, I said, okay, um, because I knew it wasn't God. So today I want to talk to you about something every one of us mothers can relate to. It's the struggle is real. Are you prepared? Brother Mason, will you pray over the service? Amen. Prepare. The word prepare means make something ready for use or consideration. I am a preparer. I'm a prepper. 
if you know me at all, you know I'm very precise about things. I'm very much a perfectionist. Uh, I like to prepare for things, and I like to be ready. I like to know plenty of ahead of time. I, I just, I like things a certain way. I don't like last minute. I don't like to be rushed. I want to give myself time. I want to think about it. Whatever I'm preparing for, I want time to do it. As moms, we constantly prepare. We start preparing even before we find out we're pregnant with our children. We want to eat right, exercise. We eliminate things we shouldn't have. Take our vitamins, go for our appointments, take our labor and delivery classes. We pack our bags, we ready the car seat, we pack the diaper bag. Why? Because we want to be prepared. We want what is best for our child. We want them to have the very best care. We choose our pediatrician. We get the nursery ready. We prepare the whole nine months. We have a due date, but we prepare early just in case. We have a labor and delivery plan. This is what we do. We're moms. We never, ever stop preparing. We prepare breakfast for our kids. What they're going to eat for school. We think about lunch. Are they going to eat at school? Do we pack a lunch? Do they like what's on the menu? Is their backpack ready? Does it have everything in it for the day? Is their homework there? And if you're me, you lay out the clothes for them the night before because you don't want anything getting in the way that next morning. You want to be ready. Then we get home and we're like, okay, that morning we're thinking, what we got for dinner? Uh, do I need to set it out to thaw? Uh, is, there something, is it something I'm putting in the crock pot? Do I have everything I need? Do I need to go to the store? Prep, 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 and more prep. That's what we do. We live our lives full of prep work. <laughs> what would they do without us? They probably fall apart. That's what I tell my guys. I said, guys, if I ever end up in the hospital, you guys are in trouble. <laughs> really, though, um, I prepare and I think about when I want to do laundry. Maybe you guys don't. I do. I, I try to think about my week. I've been subbing at school. For you don't know it, I used to work full-time. It's just been 17 years. <laughs> but I worked full-time when Alex was a baby. So, yeah, I do know what it's like to be a working mom. Um, I had a baby for, I mean, Alex was 17 months before I ever quit work. So I know what it's like to have and juggle all the things of life, all the things in the church, and work a job every day. I know what it's like. So, yeah, I think about when I'm going to do my laundry, when I'm going to clean my house, when things are going to get done, because I'm the type of person, my house has to be spotless, things have to be done. That's just the way I am. It's something we do. So prepping is something that we do, but it really helps the whole process of everything we do. Benjamin Franklin said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. I've decided that God thinks that being prepared is pretty important too. He constantly prepared things or had people preparing things for things in the Bible. John 14, 3 says he prepares a place for us. Who aren't we glad he's done that for us? We got a place we get to go someday. We don't have to be here. Uh, Genesis 6 and Hebrews eleven seven. Noah prepared the ark. Had he not done that, where would they be? There would be no life. We wouldn't be here. 
Genesis 41, Joseph prepared for seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. Proverbs 6, the ant prepares. You ever watched a little ant? They are busy little people. They are constantly moving and doing something because they have to prepare for the winter. Matthew 25, five foolish and five wise virgins. The wise were prepared, the foolish were not. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. He's preparing. He prepares for us before we is ever here. He knew what we was going to be and who we was going to be. So the Bible is full of prep work. John Wooten says, confidence comes from being prepared. So it makes you a confident person if you're prepared. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't want to be the deer in the headlight. I, I want to be prepared. So today I want to talk about some moms in the Bible that were prepared. I'm going to go to Exodus chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. It said, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took, to, took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no lo- not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh come down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. The woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew. And she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. This is Moses' mother. Her name is Jochebed. Jochebed's name means honor of God. God is glory. If you read Exodus 1, you find out that Pharaoh is doing and thinking of ways to get rid of the Israelites because they're strong. There's many of them. In Exodus 1.22, it says, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. I can't even really imagine how Jochebed felt about letting her baby go. She had to let go, and she had to trust God. That's one of the hardest things we do as mothers because our children are our priceless gift. But she had to trust God in what he was going to do with her child. She was a strong woman. 
When you think about hiding a newborn baby for three months, I can't even imagine trying to keep it quiet. Wow. Three whole months she did that. She hid her baby boy. Determination and ingenuity resulted in some surprising circumstances. Jochebed was determined to find a way to save her son. God blessed her plan. Not only was her son safe from death, she was able to nurse her own baby and get paid for it. She got paid for it. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Um, but it's because she prepared. She prepared. She prepared that little basket. And she put him down the river, and her daughter watched about where that baby was going to go. She prepared those things ahead of time about her baby. And you know, being an Israelite woman, she was praying. Okay? And you know what? He went on to free the Hebrew people. He did. Okay, so uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but is the story of Hannah. Hannah means God has favored me. Hannah was treated poorly and made fun of by Penina, Elkanah's other wife, because she was unable to have children. She provoked her. She treated her ugly. So every year they went to pray at the temple, and Hannah was at the temple praying, and she prayed fervently that the Lord would give her a child. I can relate to Hannah. I prayed fervently for a child. I know where she was at. I understand. She promised God that if he would give her a son, she would give him back to him. God heard her. He answered her prayer, and he blessed her with Samuel. True to her word, she took him back to the temple when he was weaned. She took him back. And Samuel went on to serve the Lord all his life. And he was one of the great prophets of God. I'm telling you, he anointed kings. I mean, he was, he was a great prophet of God. A praying mother is a powerful thing. She can be used to change a child's life in a mighty way. Her prayers, are, her prayers were used to direct Samuel. And he was a mouthpiece for God because of what that mama did. She... God gave her a child. She did exactly what she told God she would do. She brought him back to him. And because of that, Samuel became something great for the kingdom of God. What about those things we aren't prepared for? Because you know what? It's life. Life happens. There are things in our life that we are never, ever going to be prepared for no matter what we do. No matter what we do. And there's plenty of women in the Bible who weren't prepared for things that happened in their life. Let's talk about Eve. Genesis chapter 4. Eve, how do you think she felt when Cain killed Abel? Mm -mm -mm, my, my, my. She lost a son to the hand of another son. She loved them both. She's grieving the loss of one. And she's trying to understand what's going on in the other one's head. I cannot even imagine the grief. I, I mean, 
just everything she felt. I'm sure she was a total wreck about what was going on. What about Sarah in Genesis chapter 18? Imagine being told at the ripe old age of 90 <laughs> that you're going to bear a son. She laughed within herself about it. And uh, I can't even imagine the thoughts that were going on in her mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, God. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm 90 years old, and I'm going to have a baby. Sure thing. That, and then you're also, th she was probably also thinking, this is nuts. You know, I, I should be having, like, maybe triple great-grandchildren by now. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I can't even imagine what she was thinking when all that happened. Naomi, in Ruth chapter 1, she lost her husband and both of her sons in the land of Moab. It wasn't, it wasn't her home, t home place. And she lost all of them, all of them in the land of Moab. How about Job's wife? In Job chapter 1, she lost her seven sons and three daughters all in one day. How devastating. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine losing one, let alone all of my children in one day. She lost her home. Everything that she had, everything she owned, the very same day. I, it's flabbergasting, mind-blowing, heart-wrenching to even think about all that she lost. She wasn't prepared for that. No. Not at all. How about Mary? When the angel told her she was going to have a virgin birth to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you know back in that, according to their customs, she was probably around between the age of 12 to 14 when she found that out. According to their customs. I looked this up. So I can't even begin to imagine how she felt, but yet she was so willing, so willing. God, you know, here I am. I'm your vessel. Whatever you want of me, here I am. I, I can't imagine how she felt. I can't imagine how any of these mothers felt, and I don't pretend to know how they felt. I don't know about you, but uh, there's definitely been times in my life that I was not prepared. No matter how hard I tried, I wasn't prepared. At the age of three, when Alex was diagnosed with asthma, and they told me if that we didn't start nebulizer treatments right away, he was going to be in the hospital. He was a very, very sick little boy. They told me it was easier for them to tell me what Alex was not allergic to than what he was allergic to. I wasn't prepared to hear that. I wasn't ready for that. That was one of those things that you feel like you're getting hit by a Mack truck. You know, it's like, really? You know, my poor, sick child. I wasn't prepared to hear those words. And then by the time he started school in kindergarten, you know, they start school mid to late August. And by Labor Day, he was in the hospital. He had double pneumonia. He had fevers that even the hospital couldn't control with meds. 
They were bringing in ice packs. They were putting him in all these cooling parts, behind his neck, behind his knees, you know, everywhere, under his arms, trying to just control the fever that he had. He was in the hospital for six days. His white blood cell count was 19,000. They were checking for diseases like cystic fibrosis, leukemia. They're talking about sending to infectious disease doctors. And I'm thinking during this whole time, God, that's the miracle that you gave me. Why? And I'm thinking, God, I can't lose him. You know, I wasn't prepared for that. Not at all. Again, the very same year, his kindergarten year, February came around. Alex was hospitalized again. He had double ear infections. He was dehydrated from high fevers. His white blood cell count this time was 23,000. If you don't know, that's astronomical. <laughs> He's in the hospital for four days. At this time, they sent him home. They didn't know what to do with him. He had a fever that would not go away. No matter what they did, we gave him medicine around the clock, 24 hours a day, overlapped the two medicines, and he still had fever constantly. He was homebound from school. They sent him to Riley's. We started getting a few answers. We found out that the shots that he took as a baby, they didn't take. So he took all those shots for nothing. <laughs> they didn't take... Um, that was part of the reason why he was getting so sick. Um, they ended up giving him what they call an immune system booster shot. And he started to get better. A CT scan of his head showed that every sinus cavity he had was completely full. There was nowhere for anything to go. He had all this and he was just six years old. He had just turned six. With the prayers of the church prayers of my family and God and the doctors because you know what I believe God puts doctors in our life for a reason with the right knowledge to help us and I can tell you right now the doctor that they sent in that day to the hospital to just us get Alex out of the hospital Alex has been seeing him ever since um, I believe God ordained him to be in our life because he's been, he's helped every one of my family members. But because of all that, he got better. I was not prepared. I was not prepared. The last time they sent him home, they told me he may not make it. They're scratching their heads. I would sit at night and I'd watch him sleep just to make sure he was breathing because it's very shallow. He and I were at home for three whole months. We didn't go nowhere. He wasn't able to go anywhere. I was frightened beyond anything you could ever imagine. It's the only child I have. The only thing that carried me through that storm in life was prayer. 
my prayers, my church family prayers. You see, I had actually prepared, really, for those situations before they ever happened. Because I was and I am a praying mama. Prayer is a powerful thing. We can change God's mind. We can just because we prayed. I could have never, ever made it through that time without prep. The prep I had done was before time. Going to church. Every time the door was open, even when you don't feel like it. In our household, unless you're throwing up or got a high fever, you're going to be at church. That's the way we do it. Prayer, being faithful to God in everything. Everything. I actually had prepared for those things without even preparing for them. You know, and then there's times in our life that uh, the devil tries to bring something back. You ever had that happen? You think everything's good, everything's fine and perfect, and, and uh, but the devil tries to bring something back around because he wants us to question, did God really do that? God, you healed that person. Did, did you, did, but did you really do that? You see, because this happened again just in 2016, again in our family. Alex, again, started having severe sinus issues. They took a CT scan of his head. Guess what? Every sinus cavity completely full. I felt like we was going back a whole 14 years all over again. I'm like, Lord, I know you healed my child. Why in the world does he have to go through all this again? You know, they made the appointment for him to see the ENT doctor. And, of course, you know how that is. It takes a while to get in. <laughs> you don't always get in for a while. But you know what? That gave time for God to move. And when he finally went, the doctor couldn't believe it because he was looking at that CT scan. And when he looked at it, he told us, he says, I was sure that I was fixing to perform my very first surgery on a 17-year-old. But guess what? God moved. He moved. Why? Because of prayer. We prepared. We prepared for that without even really realizing we were preparing for that moment. Then I could just tell the devil, ha, huh, see there, my God did heal my child. You know, leave him alone. Leave him alone. We prepare our children all through life to eventually become adults. I remember teaching Alex so many things. But at a very, very young age, I know this is silly. I know people sometimes are like, I can't believe he's doing that. I taught him that his clothes belonged in the hamper, and he was a squirt. I mean, little bitty. He probably was two, and he knew where his clothes belonged. He put them in the hamper. I taught him to pick up his toys. He was, I'm sorry, maybe I was, maybe I'm a strict mama, but if the toys were everything where, and he was done, and he was ready to do something else, I told him, you're not doing anything else until this is picked up. He was little. He was little bitty. But he learned that he was to pick up. Then he could go do the next thing he wanted to do. 
we were, I prepared him. I told him when he got done with dinner, where do your dishes go? In the sink. You know, you just don't leave them laying there. You take them to the kitchen. You put them in the sink. Moms, when we do that, we're just preparing our children to be adults. We're not mean. We're just preparing them to be what they need to be. Believe me, his wife someday is going to thank me for teaching him to do those things. I guarantee you. How are we preparing our children to become Christians and to meet Christ? Are we showing them how to prepare by the life we are living? What are you teaching your kids? Are we going to church? Are we at all the services? What are you teaching your child? Is church important? How important is it? Or, oh, I'm tired tonight. Let's, we're just not going to go. What are you teaching your child when you do that? Do we help and support them? How many helps learning Bible verses? Oh, my goodness. That not only hides God's word in their heart, but it also teaches them the importance of God's word. I used to make, when we used to do Alex's Bible verses, we'd make them up to songs. I'd make up a song. Why? Because my child was musically inclined. Even as a little stinker, teeny tiny, we'd make up a song every time because it helped him remember it. You know? Um, what are we teaching them? Are we helping them learn those Bible verses? How important is the word to us? It needs to be every day. Yes. Are we pushing them in the right direction? Are we pushing them toward God or are other things in their life more important? Are you preparing them for heaven? Are we worshiping and going to the altar? Mind you, they watch everything we do. Every single thing we do, they are watching us. Are you getting here early enough to go to the prayer room yourself? Are you even making it there on time? What are we teaching our children? What is important? I can tell you right now, to me, right here, this is the most important thing in making it to heaven. But am I teaching my child that? Or am I laying in bed, oh, I'm too tired to get up this morning? You realize that you're doing your child a very terrible disservice when you don't get up and take them to church just because, oh, I'm too tired. Think of what all they're missing. They, they have, they learn a lot back here, but they also have a lot of fun that they're missing out on, and they hear it from all the other kids if you don't get them here. They're missing it. They're missing it, you know? What we teach and prepare for them at a young age carries them into their future. They may not always serve God because we don't have that promise. But I guarantee you, they are never, ever, ever going to forget what they've been taught. And that word that they hid in their heart as a child, it's going to still be there. You don't forget those verses. You may not always know where it's found, but, oh, my word, finding a verse nowadays is so easy. I mean, you don't, you don't even have to use your Bible. You can use your smartphone. It'll find it for you. You could start telling, you could start telling Siri, find the verse for me in the Bible. Da 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 da. Siri's gonna find it for you. 
It's that simple, people. So that's how important the word of God is and how important it is to be here. How important it is to be here. We never stop preparing our children. Never. And as they get older, we start teaching them more things. Like, as Alex has gotten older, we've taught him how, I've taught him how to iron clothes, cook a few things, clean. Um, things that, that dad a lot of times teaches, but it's important, you know, change a flat tire, mow the lawn, weed eat. I mean, we never stop teaching them because if we did, they're not going to be ready. You don't want them to get married someday and not know how to do those things. I mean, it's, it's important. But what about our spiritual things, like the necessity of the Holy Ghost, repentance, baptism? Are we teaching those things? Because you know what? It's not the church's responsibility. God gave us those children, and it's our ultimate responsibility to be teaching them about God. Yes, they learn here, but it's not the people of the church's responsibility to be teaching your children. It's your responsibility. Deuteronomy chapter 34, 10 and 11 says, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, and all the signs and the wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, and to all his servants, and to all his land. God could have brought up a different leader than Moses. He could have. But he chose Moses. What if there was no prophet for Israel? What if Jochebed had not made that basket and sent him down the river. Think about that. What if his mama had not prepared him? Who would save Israel? Huh? What if she'd not prepared? She had a hand in helping to fulfill what God had for his life. Mama did. Yeah, dads, you know what? There's plenty of dads that raise their kids by themselves. Their dad and mom, too, just like the mothers are in this day and age we live in. I don't want to leave you dads out because you know what? You do a lot, too, and you help prepare your children, too. It's just as important to the, as the father as the mother. The most important gift and thing that we do for our children is help them and teach them how to live a life for God so they can make it to heaven. You know what? That's the most important thing. Mamas, I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what your struggle is, what it's been. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe it was a loss of a child. Maybe it was infertility. Maybe you never got to be a mom. Maybe it was the loss of your spouse, and you're trying to juggle the children and all the hurt and pain you're going through because you lost your spouse. Maybe you had a child out of wedlock and, and you're trying to figure it all out and, and try to, to do everything. I don't know what your struggle is. But our main goal is to get our kids to heaven. We prep them by taking them to church when the doors are open. We show them by example. 
how to worship, how to be faithful to God in everything. We are the ones who show them how to be holy and to live a godly life. We are the ones that prep them by making time for daily prayer and reading God's word. You know, you may not think that's important, but that's really, really, really on my top to-do list every day. We got to pray. and We got to read God's word. How are we going to make it? We're not going to be prepared. We're not going to be prepared. We want to make sure we go to the prayer room. We want to give our tithe and our offering. All of those, our kids see us do that. How are they going to learn to give their tithe if we're not giving ours? You know what I'm saying? They know. They know. They watch us. They're watching everything we do. All of the things we do now prep them for life ahead. Everything. And, and vice versa, if we're not, then we're not preparing them. You know, think about that. That's kind of heavy. We have to teach them. God allowed us to have them, but it's our responsibility to take our job seriously. If you, ta- you have a job that you go to every day, if you don't do what they tell you to do or you don't prep for your job, you're going to be in trouble. You're not going to have a job very long. Okay? Well, our job is to be a mother. doesn't matter if we work or not outside of the home. It's still a job that God has given us that we need to take very seriously. It's a very serious job. It's a great and awesome responsibility. But guess what? The rewards are even greater. Being a mother, I can't even explain to you what it means to me to be a mother. Today, I want to challenge you as a mother to step up to the plate. If you haven't done these things or you're not doing them or maybe you were doing them and now you're not, it's not too late. It's never too late. Never too late. We want to take on this responsibility with our whole heart. Not part of it. All of it. We need to give our very best. God asks for our very best. We need to give all that we have within us. And we need to lead our children to God. Because by leading them to God now, hopefully, eventually, they're going to make it to heaven. And that's the ultimate goal, right? Our ultimate goal is to make it to heaven. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap praise this morning. We've heard the word of the Lord this morning. The struggle may be real, but he is too. Would you stand with me this morning? Never underestimate the virtue of a praying wife and a praying mother. It'll change your life. I, I was, I've been thinking for several weeks about Jochebed, and I can just imagine whenever she obtained that awesome position of being nursemaid to her own son, 
You know, Hebrew, Hebrew culture runs deep even still yet today. And I can just imagine her cradling him and saying, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. While she's nursing him, hey Moses, let me, let me just tell you something. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Over and Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. Forty years later, if we fast forward, we have the luxury of fast forwarding through the story. Forty years later, Moses finally wakes up and says, I think I want to be with my own people. Forty years prior to that, during nursing, Mama was planting a seed. Ladies and gentlemen, that's powerful this morning. Mothers, do not underestimate the power of your role in the home. Matters not your personality. You have a per powerful role in the home. Thank you for the word of the Lord this morning. That was so, so very precious and powerful today. Struggle is real. Are you prepared? I want to ask you to come to the front, if you will. Our, our guests, there's no pressure for you. You're certainly welcome to, but anyone who will, let's come around this front this morning. We're going to close in prayer together collectively and just uh, approach God today. I want a mind of preparedness. I want a heart of preparedness. God, make me like Jochebed. Help me plant the seed. You know, I will tell you, my, my wife is not my mother. But I will tell you, I will give due credit to her as a praying wife. Sister Sheila, I think I, outside of, outside of church, in, in the business world, I think I am as successful as I am, if I'm successful at all, because of her. Because I know she prays. God give him Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.